keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome everybody to Wrestle Roasts Part 2. I think we're just releasing this on the normal feed. Uh Mike yeah, wasn't able to, Yeah, Mike wasn't able to join us to the uh to the our first uh, our first recording. He was working, but he was able to see double or nothing uh post no dynamite. Post <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys. I'm in Syracuse. I've had a long weekend already. Um, I'm, I'm in like, you just say Mike, you're in Syracuse. People think Mike, Mike, Mike knows that Mike knows this, but in every state I, I'm playing the Syracuse mall and in every state in the United States, this area is recreated. The, uh, the hotel movie theater, Dave and Buster's that complex that's in the middle of nowhere. Oh yeah. Uh, that's it's, it's in every state and that's, that's where I am right now. It's, it's and you're like, headlining the Dave and Buster's. I should, I wish there'd probably been more people. Uh, it was the funny bone. So funny bone again tonight. Um, well, it's amazing because it's like, you know, the little inside comedy here. But what you do when you do these places, you're hoping that your hotel is next to the plaza and all that stuff. Because then you really oh. have something to do as opposed to like a lot of times, like they give you the hotel that's just on the side of the fucking highway. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, man, I mean, like I'm I'm here right now and... uh you know, there's, I mean, luckily you can walk to the mall, but it yeah. is, uh, you know, it's a little bleak. So, yeah. So let's, right, let's talk about something wrestling. more upbeat, uh, live wrestling. Oof. Yeah, you had, a, you had a great time, right? I did, yeah. I mean, you know. The first half, um, great, first half of you had a great time. Yeah, yeah, until 9-10. No, um, it was, well, 6-10, uh, our time. So, yeah, I went, I went to the show on Wednesday. Um I missed QT Marshall live. I'm very upset with myself. Who did who did he wrestle? Uh, he was in a trios match. Um, definitely, they were on the losing side. It was. It was Hold on, like, you may be spoiling Dark Elevation. Should we give a warning? Oh, so if sorry, you're planning sorry. on watching the uh, the uh, you know YouTube exclusive, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, uh, no, but it was. Uh, no, the thing is, like, it was weird because, the you know, the show, the, the TV show itself is 5 to 7. They had the dark matches before at, like, 4 p.m. Well, what did your ticket say in terms of a start time? 4 p.m. Okay, so it told you to be there. Yeah. I think doors opened at 3. And it's just – but it's, it's crazy because – you know, like, so I go, I go with my buddy, Alex, who, uh, Alex Sherman, great writer, um, listens to the show. Um, but he, uh, you know, like he, we went together, both had work because <laughs> it's a fucking Wednesday. Yeah. And, and so we got there at like 440. Um, we got into the building at 455, but like, and it was funny. We asked other people like, Hey, who was in the dark matches? And other people were like, yeah, we just got here too. <laughs> like I, 
and and the the main event uh dark match was the fucking uh death triangle who are like um you know big in la uh penta and ray own a store um i think it's republic of lucha or something like that in pasadena they had a comedy it's show funny there if it was on like Thursday. Bed Bath and Body Works or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing to do with fucking Lucha at home. It's Bed Pock and Body Works, no, and and the Pock is only there sometimes. <laughs> they don't want to be responsible for his skin. Shigeru, Lupa. No, so yeah, we got there. Yeah, like four fifty-five, um, and at four fifty-nine. Our, our little buddy Tony Khan comes out and he goes, "All right, everyone." Let's go. <laughs> Do they give him music or does he just like appear uh, on stage? Goes, Let's go. That's what he did before uh, uh, Grand Slam. Yeah, oh, Justin, yeah, Justin Roberts um introduces him. And Justin Roberts is doing like crowd work and telling people like, you know, all right, you know, the cameras are there and you know, everyone have a good time. And you know, he he's awesome. He's awesome live. I mean, he must, I mean, can I just interrupt for a sec? He must love, love Tony coming out there before the show because he looks fucking awesome. It's like, oh yeah. He says like, he's like, let's go. And then he, and then you hear like a, like, welcome to, you're like, oh man, this sounds like an angel compared to what I just fucking heard. And then Justin's like, all right, in 10 seconds, we're going to see the intro. Get ready, everybody. You know, and then the Dynamite intro happens. And you know, the first thing you hear is the fucking cult of personality guitar riff. So you're like, yeah. <laughs> Not realizing this might be Punk's last match for a good while. <laughs> and it's against the ass boys and Max, Max Cat. But it was fun, man. You know, and that first match was very much like a house show. But like, it, I like, I, I prefer, at least from the WWE side of things, and Robert, you might agree with me, I prefer, if I have to go to either like a raw taping or a house show, I'll pick house show because the wrestlers are having fun. <laughs> Any day of the week, a house show is so much more fun to attend than, than yeah, a TV and, taping. And that you was like... Interrupted matches, you know? But, and that was, yeah, my... I, I would say the most positive thing I'd say about the in-ring content was it all had that feel. And, and in a good way where it didn't feel like they were just playing to the camera. It felt like the uh and, and i know a lot of this is because of picture in picture but even the matches that didn't have it which there i guess there aren't that many um or are there any at all that does AEW do matches without picture, picture? i don't know why i'm blanking on this uh rarely uh do they rarely. let a match just exist within a segment yeah but what, yeah so what's amazing is that it all feels so much more seamless like there's a lot less dead air here where when you're at a raw you feel like you're at just a tv taping like it feels like you should like, it's like going to like a late night show like you should be paid to be there or it should be free <laughs> but this is like this does have that like fun atmosphere um you know punk does a speech tanahashi comes out scott's not here so i could say that uh the lightest pop of the first hour was tanahashi i would say it it came across on TV as pretty lackluster, and, and it was kind of awkward, Mike, because I, I doubt you went back and watched it, but Jim Ross just kept trying to compare him to Sting to try to make the audience like, well, Tanahashi's like Sting, and I'm like... He is. He is. It, yeah, but it's it's hard to... It, 
it's hard to make that stretch to the audience and then see that and know which version of Sting uh, or or what that comparison means. You know, you know, you know, you know it's funny, Robert. It, 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 it's good that they picked a guy who wasn't there that night because if they're like, he's like Sting, and then Sting came out and got a match, like they were, I would say, of, of, of the people that weren't there that people were bummed about. Like, I, I think Sting was up there. Um, Thunder Rosa, there was a little girl. There weren't, there were a lot less kids than, than, than a WWE show. And that's just, I mean, you know that just watching the show. There were some. There was like a, a girl, she was like six or seven, painted like Thunder Rosa, who was there for Thunder Rosa, and she wasn't there, you know? And um, it, was, it was weird to me that they didn't lean more on um, the Latino audience because there were a lot of Hispanic people there to put Death Triangle in the fucking death slot of a, of a 430 dark match. <laughs> It felt weird that like you're you're in LA, it's a big market, and you're going without Sting, without Danielson, without Lucha Bros, without Thunder Rosa. Uh, like these are all very marketable people that you want that audience out there to to see and and make them look like big stars. Because I have a feeling if I, I'm sure if Lucha Bros got a huge reaction for Dark Elevation or whatever, but it sounds good when your guys get big cheers in a, in a main show, as opposed to a Tanahashi response. And, and that you know who your audience is, you know, that you play to the strength of that audience in terms, which, which, which I think AEW often does like the way they make MJF a star in his own town. And, you know, even like new Orleans with Ricky Starks, like I feel they Delman and Cincy. Yeah. The Luch is on and, 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 and Rosa, but, Oh, yeah, so the first match was great. Um, yeah, Tanahashi, uh, Farden Church. Um, and what was funny was it, it definitely went to commercial, and then he's just standing there, and you hear the song, Go Ace, Go Ace, and he doesn't know <laughs> what to do. <laughs> and he just walks back. Oh, it's hilarious. I mean, the, then, can uh, we all agree the greatest Tanahashi story ever is that, uh, is that Meltzer story? Is the greatest, like, uh, Tanahashi. Uh, you guys haven't heard this. This is amazing. Uh, I guess Tanahashi was at a, was at some sort of like fucking event, fan fan, and Meltzer was there. And uh, Meltzer introduced himself and said, hi, I'm Dave. I've been a huge fan uh, forever. I've, you know, I, I'm from the Wrestling Observer. I've given all your matches five stars. And he goes, oh, thank you. Uh, picture $20. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, now I'm a fan. <laughs> no, I've I've watched Wrestle Kingdom once. I mean, I I get the guy's appeal. It just did not. This you know the Forbidden Door thing. I I know we'll we'll talk about that more on the main show. But it is, it, and we'll talk about it. I guess within the Punk situation later. But yeah, it's a fucking mess already. Um, and then was the uh, was the MJF promo next or was it? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Okay, I I wasn't sure if it was more Sin Miro or or that. Oh uh, yeah, so. So the MJF promo was, I mean, I mean, I, I, it's the only thing that I rewatched on um, TV. Uh, it was phenomenal live. That was worth the price of admission because you really were watching a master at, at work in the sense like, you know, for Dan's bachelor party, we went and um, we went to raw and Austin was there and Austin, you know, it's a different, right? Like, 
he does have that fucking energy. And I'm not comparing him to MJF, but just in terms of like an aura um, and just the sustained pop that Austin got where MJF completely manipulated the crowd. Right. Like it's, it's not something I've seen a lot. I, I thought you were going to talk about Smith and Walensky because we went there for my birthday. But oh, yeah. yeah, that place is awesome. <laughs> Smith and Walensky uh, also, <laughs> also are two new members of the Wingmen. But anyways. <laughs> well, I think J.D. Drake was there. Yeah. Um, like, uh, yeah, no, Austin, I mean, just to give you an idea that night, that was the night Seth was champion. They were setting up for a Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman program which you know had mixed results i remember the match was all right because seth was seth was great um but like like my dad left and my dad doesn't give a fuck about wrestling and i was like so who'd you like and he goes that stone cold guy's really good yeah <laughs> which what I'm an like, eye for talent i'm like this has been their problem for 20 years dad <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they open with them too but yeah but mjf man it really was and and i captured some of it on uh my camera maybe on my phone but like People were fucking booing hard, like hard. And what was interesting too was when Punk came out, people stood, and then the match happened, and they sat. And then um, MJF came out, people stood. They and they never sat down. People were standing the entire time of the promo, and it really was a thing of when he started talking about how he's not one of, uh, you know, the friends that he doesn't do a bunch of flashy moves. People really were cheering. And by the end of it, there were MJF chants and shit like that. Uh, I don't think this was on camera, right, that Punk came out? No. No, it wasn't. Yeah, so Punk came out with, uh, I think it was Nick Jackson. It was, it was one of the Bucks. <laughs> um, I, I had floor seats where it was, like, a little hard to, like, see something it was it was a little hard to see people coming out of the entrance ramp immediately um but yeah they walked down and that and it was confusing being there like of like wait what are they doing are they gonna talk is there a thing and they it just felt like it felt weird that they did it just for the crowd i it felt like in a way of like was like punk speaking on behalf i i, I don't know what the intention was there if Punk was like congratulating him or telling him he's wrong, I mean, for if what they say, I was obviously none of us saw it since it wasn't on TV, but they made it seem like Punk chased off MJF and then MJF fled or something. It didn't, you know, at least from where I saw it, it didn't. There was no confrontation aspect to it. It felt like, and this is probably now knowing that he has a uh, injured mm -hmm. foot. He was walking very slowly, <laughs> and so <laughs> it was hard to tell. I mean, and I feel, yeah, like during the punk match, I mean, his botches were really bad, and now, and, and I know he botches a lot, but it makes a lot more sense knowing the injury. Like, yeah, him, like, trying to jump into the ring and all that, he was really – Arm is a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, the, the Morrison-Miro thing, Miro got a big pop. Um did they play his promo to the uh, to the arena? They did. It was awesome, right? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, it was hard to hear because people were that excited, which is great. 
Um, and I thought it was really smart because MJF's promo was so different that I'm like, how do you follow that? And I'm like, oh, instead of a work shoot promo, you do just a shoot, shoot, shoot. I mean, I'm, a, I'm sorry, a worked, worked, worked promo where it's just from the guy's character. Yeah. And it's different, you know. It is interesting because you say that and, like, I didn't feel like MJF's promo affected the, the Miro segment at all, but I no, do feel not. like it affected the Jericho segment. Because it was a little weird. Yes, it did. <laughs> going from the uh, the MJF, like, holy shit, scorched earth. And and just him, like, you know, you fucking Mark. Like, we all were like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> like, the entire the place. There's like, no, the best way to pop a bunch of Marks is by calling someone a Mark. Oh, yeah. I mean, the place was shaking, man. It was, you felt like you were witnessing something special. Like, it was it was it was it was beautiful. Um, and then the Jericho thing, yeah, man, it was fucking fun. Uh, them cutting off Judas was great. He did come out when it was it was like towards the end of the show when he came out for commentary. He came out and the part of Judas that had been cut off was playing, and people got to finish the song, which <laughs> 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 is like for his ego. But nah, it's. <laughs> And 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 the Judas singing, like all that shit. I mean, that that really is like a part of the fun of the place that they have like those things in place for a good amount of their their talent. Um, that kind of energy, like like it was funny because then um, that uh, I heard the, uh, the Adam Cole music and I looked at my friend. I was like, "All right, man, I'm gonna go get soda." Because we literally we got to the arena, we didn't have time to get food or drinks because the show was fucking starting. And then I'm like, all right, man, that's my cue. <laughs> and it's not a gimmick. Um, and uh, But he was like, no, man, I want to watch the other entrances. And, and I'm glad I did because it's like, oh, yeah, it's a 10-man. So you had the Hardys. You had, you know, Tarzan Boy with, with, with uh, Jungle Boy and all that shit. Like, it is. It's, like, it's a shame your, your Hikaleo sign didn't make it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you see um... – I mean, the one thing that sucks is Brandon Cutler has been on fire lately. Like, so yeah. watching his entrance is with the Bucks, where he he literally looks like a Make a Wish kid, you know, like with the big smile on his face. And shit. It does seem cool when they come out and he is filming that, like, because you watch, you know, obviously everyone who comes out with an entrance, they are coming out, you know, with the camera and they're and the camera's backing up and all that. But seeing them with the camera and then also Cutler does make them feel more special. Yeah, it's 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 a cool little touch. Yeah, the was it Hikaleo, Mika Mika Hey, Mika Heine Ho, whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> it Hickey was Hey. Yeah, yeah, another another forbidden door thing that doesn't really work. But um, yeah, you know he looked cool in person. Like he looked like he looks like a big fucking dude. Like dude, just it was hit funny. The gym. Uh, That's the thing with Hikaleo. It's like if that. I mean, look, I I don't work out for shit. I'm I'm a slob. But like, if you if you're that tall fucking put some muscle on jesus christ dude you're you're like a fucking thoroughbred that's acting like a goddamn circus pony What's or going on? or dan learn to dance oh that's right yeah <laughs> works out no, well comes, for that shanky comes, that comes later when the push doesn't work but yeah 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 you're right. hey if you don't put muscle on you get to commentate the 10 man but <laughs> <laughs> but anyways like i don't know if this was on the, on the show or not um matt's delete segment where he was hitting people okay that shit did like people really were into that like that was the most they were into hardy 
it, it was it was so funny too when the hardy when the hardy music played when everyone was coming out and then they realized oh yeah it's just matt wrestling <laughs> there was like a <laughs> i mean jeff was with him but we we're like oh yeah he's not wrestling it's just matt Ugh. um and you, then, have to, you have to save I, that shiver for Christian. <laughs> and then, yeah, like, and that was that was a fun house show type match. That was like a party match. Um, yeah, Hickaleo, like, he was the one who, like, I think, I think it was also like people didn't really know who he was, and they didn't like him enough for him to do the cut off Hardy spot. They're like, just take the fucking turnbuckles, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be more useful to us. Um, and then, yeah, man, like, after, like, and what was interesting, I think the last time people were on their feet was, yeah, the beginning of the 10-man. And, and you know, the, the, the coal entrance is fucking over. I mean, it is. And then uh, but then you had the Jade thing with Stokely and all that. And, yep. And the Wardlow thing. Like, it just, dude, it was interesting, like, Wardlow was one of those like we should stand, but we're not going to because <laughs> we knew it was I, like. I thought they fucked. Why did they? Why did they wait to put the music out until he got out? It was just weirdly set. I up. think it was the the idea was it was the return of his music, but and they wanted to continue that like the silence and the Wardlow chance. But this was the first time, at least on TV, he did not sound as over as he has in the last few weeks. So I don't know if maybe. People are now sympathetic to MJF, or now they're they This crowd just wasn't into what Wardlow was doing, but oh, this was worry. the first time Maybe it felt weird. I'm ready. I think it was multiple things. I do think a part of it is the slot in the show, because you know the like being there live, like the second hour slump. Like obviously on a TV aspect, there is a programming part of that. They do front load this show. That's just undeniable. They do, and. Uh, but then, like, you're there, and the amount of energy you've already given to all this cool shit that you've seen, you're not going to give it <laughs> to other stuff. You know, like, the next, like, the you know, the next big pop was Wild Thing. Like, and it was Moxley's entrance. But, um, I mean, people were into the, 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 the women's tag. Like, it, but it was interesting because they were chanting this is awesome towards the end but they were sitting down and it felt like I can physically show that I think this is awesome or I can just be comfortable and say it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it definitely, it, it, I don't know if that match warranted a, a, this is awesome, but it felt like we were at an award show and they acknowledged like some charity thing and you just kind of politely applaud like, well, we have to do it to not seem like assholes. Yeah, and it was like, you know, yeah, it was a it was a good match, but it really like there wasn't any reason for it happening. Like Ruby, like Ruby like kind of getting her win back, but not really. Like the whole story of Ruby is she chokes when it matters. <laughs> so then you have her winning when it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. After she just choked. So nobody nobody cared about her that much. Um, yeah, but they didn't know. give you any matches of real consequence on there. No, they did not. No, and, which is and, an and odd post. Did. You know, I, we talked about it on the other uh, uh, on the on the Friday show, but it was like there were so many matches from Double or Nothing that probably would have meant more to this crowd. Absolutely, or, or at least one thing to advance a story instead of it was a fun house show with an MJF segment that mattered. Uh, but then even your the main event of like Danny Garcia Moxley 
I can imagine people in the arena thought, well, something big has to happen if this is our main event. Like, there's yes. going to be a some surprise. Yeah, it was funny because yeah, my buddy Alex, like, he went to, to to use the bathroom during the Danny Garcia entrance, the man after my own heart. And uh, <laughs> which, by the way, man, like, the lack of charisma that guy has is even more exemplified live. It really does feel like someone is just walking, like, you know, like when a punk walks by, even when a warlow walks by, there's like real presence. That yeah. guy, there's none. Just dead eyes. Just and he was like kind of wad- waddling to the ring <laughs> that night for some reason, which is weird. Yeah, he's not passing the airport test. Yeah, yeah. Charismaless penguin. And um and then, you know, it's like the 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 Moxley of it, like, you know, yeah, everyone does look around to see where he's gonna come from, and that's kind of cool and you know, the the song Wild Thing, like, especially after Sunday, I think the thing that got the most over in the Anarchy in the Arena match is the Wild Thing song. <laughs> Five-star match. Five-star Meltzer. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> and then, and yeah. That's and why Tony like, Khan can't afford MJF money. He's busy funneling it to Meltzer. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Uh <laughs> But yeah, but uh, it, and it's so funny too because like the Moxley of it all, it really is. You just want to cut yourself. Like you get in ten minute matches with like Wheeler Yuta and Danny Garcia, and you're bleeding three minutes in. That's not on them. That's on you. That is your choice. You are wanting to do that. <laughs> hey, you got an overrun. That's that made this a historic show. There was an overrun. It went to like ten oh two. Oh, wow. See, I, that's the thing you can't tell because you're just like, uh, I, I, oh, because he cuts a promo, right? Like the quick blood and guts promo. Yeah. See, I wasn't sure if that was for the, yeah. But it was, it was interesting because it was like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, Kingston runs down and like you're starting. Yeah, you really are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when my buddy went to the bathroom, he said, he's like, there's all these people crowded and stuff. He's like, I think there's going to be a surprise. And we were really like, oh, shit. Like, of course there's going to be. The Tony was like, this is going to be a big show. And we're like, yeah, Tanahashi. Oh, Miro's good. But there's going to be a third one. And that's going to be the one everybody talks about. And then there was just nothing. Then, you know, you could clearly tell the that it, it's no longer um, the TV show. And uh, Moxley does like, uh, we love LA. What a great wrestling town. And then Kingston uh, teases, like, all right, let's play Wild Thing again. And it doesn't. And then it finally does. And the show ended at 7.05. And they pull, they play, like, Bugs Bunny. Like, that's all, folks. And that's it. There's your Warner synergy. Yeah, I know. Uh, seriously. Yeah. I mean, it like, honestly, like, it would sound like your time sounded like your review of Dynamite every week. Yeah. You know, that's really what it was. Like, like top loaded first hour, and then the second hour kind of fell off a cliff. Well, you know what it is too. It's like the, 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 the show. Yeah, is great, and and the fan, the fans are making the first hour even better than it already is. Then they're making the second hour even watchable at all. <laughs> yeah, but it's weird because there are things that they can do to perk up that crowd. Like if they would have thrown Danhausen out there or Orange Cassidy, like something where a Los Angeles crowd would enjoy something entertainment wise, it it lifts up what was a pretty slumping second hour. I mean, they, they 
really front loaded that first hour, maybe a little too much. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, there was a guy, I think I took a picture with him, that dude, uh, this like small uh, dude who was painted as Dan Housen, who was just like, just walking all over the place, like clearly by himself, um, taking photos with people. <laughs> he was having uh, such a blast. Like, I wanted Dan Housen for him. And then where I was, I could see like, like the side of the stage. Uh, I mean, like one of the sides near an entrance and Hobbs was there all night. Powerhouse Hobbs was watching the show. And it was That's fun awesome. watching his reactions to the MJF thing. And he loved it, right? Yeah, yeah. But it was cool. And then, and then, yeah, when the show ended, all these people rushed Hobbs. He signed, like, a couple autographs and then, like, threw his hands up, and that was it. Um, and then, yeah, you go outside. They have, like, signed action figures and stuff. Like, the, the thing that I, I would really say that really put it over the top is it does, like, in the best way, feel like a safe space for any type of nerd like it it has like and it doesn't have that like soullessness of a san diego comic-con where they just want your money like this place like people can be as fucking dorky i mean there were you know the video game signs uh someone had a bring back bloody roar sign which was like an animal-based fighting game in the late 90s (laughs) you know there was all that kind of stuff um it was just it it felt like you can chant anything. You could be into anything you wanted and nobody was going to judge you. Uh, it, you know, it definitely is a bunch of dorks, but they all like love the same thing. And, and that, that feel of it where you're experiencing this like moment together as opposed to a WWE event where you're just at a product, um, I, th- I think is a really big uh, difference that they have. And, and something, you know, they, they, they should try to hold on to. Yeah, it feels like a happening. Well, let's get to the, uh, the, the biggest news of the uh, wrestling week, and that is actually happened. Well, I guess the biggest news is the MJF promo, but uh, actually this is bigger news than the MJF promo. CM Punk is uh, relinquishing the title, sort of. He <laughs> will be interim champion, and uh, this – on um, Rampage, he cut a promo talking about his injury. Pretty standard, you know, standard stuff. Uh, this, this, what's not standard is how this is all going to be playing out. He will be the interim champion, um, which is a UFC trick. Um, I, I guess I get it. No issues with that, really. But uh, this next Wednesday, one thing I do have an issue with, which I think everybody in this podcast has an issue with, is that this Wednesday to determine who are the num- who's the number one contender. For, uh, for the interim championship, it will be a battle royal followed by whoever wins going against Moxley, which is weird because Moxley is, for all intents and purposes, still like a underdog baby face, even though they, you know, they book him super strong. Uh, it, it, it seems like the way that Tony Khan books, and you know, it's only been a couple of years, and he may hear the backlash from this and then completely change it. You know, there's only... You know, there's three days is a long time, um, but it seems that the direction they want to go in is whoever wins that Rumble or Battle Royal loses to John Moxley, and then John Moxley faces Tanahashi, the vacant AEW World Title, and then I guess you put it on Moxley again, which I don't know, man. It just doesn't feel like you know somebody. Had, um, I was listening to the Observer and 
somebody had brought up, which is, I think, a better idea. You know, you have all the former champions, Jericho, Adam Page, you know, if Kenny Omega wasn't injured, but Kenny Omega is injured, and John Moxley in like a fatal four-way, um, which I think does make more sense. But, you know, obviously the person with the most momentum in the company right now is MJF. So, and I don't know with this story whether or not it's appropriate to put the title on him just yet. But if you want to look at like just specifically who's the most over, who's the most interesting choice, um, especially that Kenny isn't here anymore, it's uh, it's MJF by a, by a country mile. What do you guys think they should do with the championship? Uh, how do you think this Wednesday should should play out? Do you think um, Tony has a plan, Mike? Well, I want to I want to clarify a couple things there um, because uh, I, I think Scott or somebody sent the official rules of the interim world championship eliminator series snort, and um, it mm-hmm. is so yeah you have the battle royal. And yeah, the winner of that goes against Moxley, who's now the number one contender, even though he was like number four, and now it, it fucking it makes no sense. And then, um, but this is what's even crazier. So, in New Japan, um, you have Hiroshi Tanahashi and Haruki uh, go to, as in go to the bathroom to take a shit. Um, but you have those two guys, and yeah, they yeah. wrestled each other, and. Whoever wins that is the guy that goes to America to wrestle the other guy, even though you already announced Tanahashi. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's going to be Tanahashi because. But it's know, just but... like why? Why do that then? Right? Like it's fucking stupid. You already said it was Tanahashi. Just have it be Tanahashi. And then. Um, I guess New Japan's trying to get something out of it. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, and then, yeah, whoever, yeah, so whoever wins between Mox and the winner of the Battle Royal, and whoever wins between Goto and uh, and Tanahashi, then that's your, yeah, the interim. Like, it's also, they introduced the interim, the idea of an interim champion with the Cody thing in the worst way possible, where it was only like a two-week thing, and I feel like this will be significantly longer. Um, I, I I feel like... They should put the strap on somebody. I don't think it should be MJF because I don't think he needs it. I think you can elevate somebody with this. Um, I think that it's just you. Know, who's going to have the best match with Tanahashi? Here, you know the real the real issue here that I don't think uh, enough people are talking about is you were selling the United Center on Punk in the main event, and you don't have that now. And who do you have that can guarantee sell that place? I, Colt, I mean, Colt I think, Boom Boom Cabana. <laughs> I, I think Goldberg. Goldberg. I mean, I, I would say Danielson is the next best bet, and him and Moxley can have like a fun fucking, you know, uh, end of Rocky Three uh, <laughs> freeze frame. Uh, you know, friendly fight on on Wednesday, and and have it be Danielson and Tanahashi. I mean, you know, I'm I, maybe there there are probably other bigger or cooler plans for Danielson, but I think he's your next best bet, even more so than Moxley. Um, so that, that's what I would do. But I mean, yeah, because I don't, you know, some people are like, just have Warlow do it. You know, Warlow is the number one contender, like he should be technically, um, but he's not ready. He's not really good. Uh, so. You're 100 percent right. 
And, and it helps with the AEW title lineage to have Danielson as one of the champions. Hi, yeah. I, 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 I'm signing off on Mike's uh, theory. I don't even need one for my own because I like this so much. Robert, what would you do? Um, I think I'd said this to you guys. You know what? You, you have this situation where you need a champion. You, you can get a lot of eyes on TV for several weeks as a, what are they going to do? I wanted them to do a tournament. I know they just did the Owen tournament. The Owen tournament, number one, was completely meaningless. I, I don't I think most of the matches were meaningless. Winning it was well, meaningless. I mean, sentimentality. It, it was, sentimentality is great and wonderful. It's, it's the same reason, like, oh, they won King of the Ring. You win a crown. Who cares? If you take the top, if you take the top guys and you promote, race. if you take the top guys and you promote interesting matches that you're getting because everybody wants to be champion. This was your chance to remind people everybody wants to be champion and you're getting unique matches. Instead, you're crowning a new champion. They're, they're wrestling in, in uh, Missouri is where they're doing this. Like it's not a major market. It's not anything you're selling tickets for. It's a scramble of, well, we got to put somebody there. And, and I think I sent you guys like just a, a list of who, if you could have thrown these eight guys in there and advanced other storylines, which would have been, you know, Daniel using Danielson, Jericho, Moxley, Kingston, Adam Cole, Hangman Page, Wardlow, and Darby. Those are big names. You have guys involved in storylines, so you could have done your Eddie Kingston, Daniel, Brian Danielson match within the confines of the tournament to advance them going forward. And you could have found somebody to be your your interim champion coming out of it, as well as pushing the Jericho Appreciation Society stuff and the, the Blackpool Combat Club stuff and Wardlow being somebody top and then, you know, Mark Sterling costing him the match or whatever it may be. Instead, you're doing a battle royal. And I've, I've been in this position before. We, we had a we were, our, our world champion went down. We did a random battle royal. Battle royals kind of suck. They're, they're not, it's not a good match. So you're not tuning in to get a good match. And also, you're not going to believe. 15 of the 20 guys in that match are going to win. All due respect to Max Caster. I think he's great. Like, Max Caster is not winning the AEW title, but he's going to be a body that's in there. And no, his gonna, moment is the rap coming down to the – His race. moment is the rap coming down, and that's about it. But you're, you're just getting it's, – it's like a rush job. It's a lesser than situation. You have, it, you have a ranking system. You know, try to use it. And then there's this argument they put forth on Rampage of like, well, uh, Moxley's the number one contender because he's 7-0 and in 2022. It's June. Like, there are guys who have had 30, 40 matches so far by June, but he had seven mat singles matches. None of them really that consequential. And, you're just put, and you want to just put him in there because he's a big star? Put him in there because he's just a big star. Yeah. But this is – it, it strains credibility a little bit. And the only reason why I'm critical of it is because they make these rules. You put yourself in this box. You put yourself in a position of saying we have a ranking system and wins and losses matter. And then when you actually have to be called out on that shit, they, they want to pull back and do a WWE thing of like, well, we're just going to go with the biggest names. And that's fine. Go with the biggest names. But promote it going forward. Drag it out a few weeks. You have Moxley in there. Moxley's doing that blood and guts thing. Are you really going to put your world champion into a blood and guts match when he needs to have a separate storyline? You're going into this forbidden door pay-per-view where your big match went out the window. What's your second biggest match that you're planning on promoting here? Do you, do you have a, a, a backup or a fall? It sounds like now they're playing with it where they don't even want Tanahashi to wrestle whoever the winner is. That's why they're having an, a, an escape hatch 
put in place. This forbidden door pay-per-view is a, it was a terrible idea from the start and is really uh, tying them up even further. You know, it sucks that you lost Summer of Punk, but you have the most stacked roster any wrestling company has had in at least a decade. You can make interesting matches to promote your, your world title or your interim world title going forward. And instead we got a, a battle Royal. That's going to be, maybe there's four guys who have a shot in it. Let that be fun matches for the next several weeks. Make, you know, lemonade out of lemons instead of do the rush job. You don't really need an interim champion. You need a path to an interim champion. And this forbidden door pay-per-view is not until what end of next month. You know, some- you know, you know what I, I think another issue too is the fact that they announced this on Rampage, like during the main event, which you know, not really main event, but like, but you know, like that they like you know, Punk comes out like at like seven thirty or what seven forty five or whatever, um, and he says, you know, like yeah, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna be here for a while. And then Excalibur is doing the Excalibur, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> his, his, his Vans warp Tour auctioneer uh, gimmick that he does. And, uh, like, why what not, why not just wait to announce this Wednesday? Like, yeah, or just, or just pop a rating and have fucking Punk open Rampage and be like, all right, at the end of the show, we're going to have some news from Tony, you know? like Yeah, I mean, I feel like, like Tony – one doesn't like does probably doesn't know how to talk to someone like punk he probably is like just go out there and say what you want talk about wheels um (laughs) (laughs) you know like he's probably not giving him directions really uh and that would require that i i just feel like yeah man just fucking wait it's fine wait till wednesday wait till you have like a plan in place because i think a lot of people like when you hear that, okay, Punk's not going to be there and you're processing that. And then you immediately 10 minutes later, hear what the fix is. You're like, well, that sucks. You know? (laughs) Yeah. It's um, yeah. No, that, that, that is a point. I am looking forward to the forbidden door pay-per-view just as a wrestling fan. Um, but it, I, I, I can see the argument that it gets in the way of... Yeah, yeah but of, you're, you're a wrestling fan in that you're a New Japan fan, so you're excited to see what New Japan's going to do. New Japan... Like, the matches. I think the match quality is going to be awesome. And I'm excited to see Scott defend it and then show us his pay-per-view receipt where he spent $50 on it. Well, well you're, good well, luck with that one, but... The, man, uh, the man's a, he's, a, he's a working man, you know? He can't pay for every single one. The problem is, Dan, like, work rate alone doesn't draw for a major pay-per-view. If this was an extra show, if this was, like, ECW one-night stand, where it That's wasn't... That's what it feel like, yeah. Where it wasn't part of, like, continuity. Like, this is, like, gumming up the works. Like, this is your next pay-per-view. And they only do for a year. You don't want to lose one of them... We don't want to lose one of them to this. They they do a build to a pay-per-view really well. And it gives the show momentum. When they don't have something to go to, you I get what when you don't, when you don't have something to go to, you get that what this Los Angeles show was, which was a fun show that was just kind of a lot of wheel spinning. Robert, you said they do a good job of building to a pay-per-view. Come well, on, for man. them, Tony needs something to focus on. 
Like for well, for all of his ADD, ability to a pay per view, they MJF does a good job. MJ, yeah, they they stumble upon at least one or two story, like the Wardlow storyline, because they knew you were getting to an MJF match. You had an endpoint. You had a destination for that. They they don't do a great job by any stretch of the imagination, but Tony needs some kind of focus. When he doesn't, it's just a hodgepodge of just stuff happening. I mean, two of the twelve matches were you know well built on <laughs> Sunday. They do a one sixth job of building a pay per view. It's my fault for trying to potentially you know say something positive about AEW. <laughs> Well, yeah, man, look, I fucking, I, 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 I had a good time. I, I really do like the company. It's just, then they do shit like this. and Right, but we want them to do better. And it's like, yeah. and it's on the same show where they just were like, and I think part of my frustration with them is for Rampage, they were just like, ah, we're just going to give you the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros and just let them have a fucking great match for 15 minutes for no reason whatsoever. Like, you could just do that. And, and they don't do that very often. Uh, with with consequences to it to build a story and make you more interested in it going forward. Instead, we get you know forty five death triangle house of black uh, feud matches. And you know how much better the fucking LA show would have been if we <laughs> like that. that it, it really does piss me off that we didn't get a rampage. Like I yep. I lived in New York ten fucking years, and to see them get grand slam, which was two two hour. <laughs> pay-per-view level extravaganzas with debuts and big matches and fucking Kenny and Brian and we got Danny Garcia. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> hey. And it wouldn't be fine if you got Danny Garcia in a situation where they were trying to really make him. Like it was like the we're gonna we're gonna do something that's like what they did for Yuta. It didn't feel like that here. It just felt like it was a, a foregone conclusion match, and Garcia was no stronger after it than he was before it. Yeah, but he made Moxley bleed when anyone else would have made Moxley bleed. Well, we, we're, we're leaving Los Angeles for the uh, Howell Halls of Stamford, Connecticut. It's time for Dan's SmackDown Corner. Um, I only saw bits and pieces of it, but I, I will say this. Pretty good SmackDown. I saw um, the whole show. I got notes, but we're good. Yeah, no, let's go, let's go through it, man. Uh, it, it won't take very long because there wasn't a lot well, on the show. Here's the thing that I liked, and here's the thing that's funny from it, and then you can fill in the gaps. Um, I liked, uh, I liked, they, they kind of got Drew over with the big D thing, which I know is corny, but, you know, you, you say a guy has a big dick and, pe you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it probably would have saved Virgil. Virgil could have had a, a, a baby face type run if they, we knew how big his cock was. That was Lance Storm's character for a while in WWE. Yeah, well, I guess it doesn't work all the time. But um, exactly, <laughs> this was uh, this was fun. I mean, the match itself was kind of garbage, but um, they're and and also they're like doing a pretty fucking good job with Riddle right now. Like the main event was the Usos versus Riddle and Knock. Um, Riddle came across as a as a fucking hot baby face. Uh, Sami Zayn, who's just awesome, is uh, the uh, you know the unofficial friend of the Bloodline. So he, he fucked with the match by playing Roman's music. Riddle was distracted. Uh, splash from the Usos. Bing, bang, boom. They're still the undisputed uh, unified tag team champions. Um, but I, I do think Riddle is a guy they can build around, so that was cool. But m most importantly for me, the biggest news, bigger in my mind than the MJF pipe bomb promo, bigger than CM Punk relinquishing the title bigger than all these fucking Cardiff shows and, and Forbidden Door. 
Madcap Moss is back. He is no longer Madcap, baby. He is just mad. Uh, he came out with black trunks, black boots. Uh, they are really uh, making him a serious character to go against Happy Corbin. And uh, I guess they're going to try to push him as the next, maybe not the next big baby face, but a baby face on SmackDown. Uh, Robert, why don't you fill in the blanks for us? Uh, what did I miss? Uh, yeah, that was it. Show open with New Day and uh, Drew. And then it was New Day and Drew against the uh, the brawling brutes, whatever the hell they call Sheamus's group. And, Co- and, Co- and Kofi Xavier tweeted out that he pointed out that they have now wrestled these guys for 14 weeks in a row. There has been a match involving New Day and some combination of Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and uh, and uh, Butch. So, yeah, that's 14 weeks in a row, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, Max Dupree said next week he's going to reveal who his next uh, whose first signing is uh, for a male model. Shanky, Shanky. Oh, no, 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 we got Shanky. We got, we got Umberto against Jinder, and Shanky danced. Jinder told him not to dance, then Shanky danced, and Shanky's dancing is why Jinder won. And all Michael Cole kept doing was talking about how dated a reference Footloose was, which made it even more fun. Um, He's 40 years – this was his – what was his – His 25th name? year in WWE. Fifth year. Did they cheer him at all? I mean, I know Pat made a big yeah, deal. Pat with made a big deal. They didn't acknowledge like, – like, they didn't say it to the crowd. You think the audience was going to do a huge, like, Michael Cole chant? <laughs> Like, no, he's, I've never he's, seen somebody who's less over for this long than Michael Cole. It's yeah. like it's it's almost like it's like he died and this is his version of hell. You just cannot leave WWE despite every because everybody hates him but Vince. It's it's the funniest thing ever. It's good to know that uh, a guy that works in the company twenty five years gets the same reaction as. Uh, one of New Japan's biggest stars debuting in America. Yeah, but the difference is, Mike, most people know who Michael Cole is. <laughs> like, Tanahashi wishes he had Michael Cole's presence. You want to talk about a main event for Forbidden Door, uh, Cole Tanahashi. Michael Cole, that is. No, was- no, no. Cole, Cole Kevin Kelly. <laughs> Get the tuxedo match, yes. Yeah, there we go. Uh, you, there was a six-way women's match for the number one contendership, and no one quit. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez versus Shotzi versus Ailee versus Shayna Baszler versus Aaliyah versus Natty. And now you're getting Natty and Ronda Rousey are, uh, are, are going to wrestle, which is the only option they have. Well, you need someone that's going to help Ronda not, you know, wander off into the audience. And that's, that's what yeah, Natty's her, there yeah, for. But her problem isn't in ring, you know, like even when she's not great in ring, it's passable. It's the fucking, it's promos, man. You need somebody, you need to, try to build a story around her where she doesn't do heavy lifting, right? Well, there's no more electric promo than Natty Neidhart. So <laughs> get get excited for that. Uh, the Maybe return of the cut. Remember Ruby Soho's last thing in WWE was like bringing out the Jim the Anvil Neidhart cutout and uh, then like Natty Neidhart like suplexed her through it. It was so odd. Oh, God, Ruby's a great so heel. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but Ruby's a great, like you want to see her get punched like dirtbag heel. She's not a uh, she's not a baby face. Well, don't tell that to Tony. I'm not uh, a baby face in terms of character, not her face. She's a she's a, a lovely woman. Yeah, uh, her, the, uh, her 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 baby face run has been rancid. Hey oh oh, there we go. Ooh, nice. The, uh, nice. The uh, the 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 moss thing for all of whatever they they backed the ambulance up into the building and he kicked open the doors. 
that looked cool for about a second and a half. And then, then, yeah, then they sent him out there to talk, and he's not a great talker. And they're getting Moss against Corbin at Hell in a Cell. And Pat McAfee, bless his heart, it's like, hey, SmackDown got a match on Hell in a Cell. This is great. <laughs> he's the fucking Man, best. He really is the best fucking commentator. Like, he's the best. Of- as far as like, look, I know that he doesn't have the the Kevin Kelly is like the best pure wrestling commentator in my mind, uh, just because he calls it right down the middle and he knows everything. But as far as just like a a fun personality, and as far as somebody who like, I mean, without a doubt, Pat, what Pat is doing is more impressive than what Jim Ross is doing. Pat is trying to make this product that's like all over the place make sense. Um, and I guess Jim Ross is just, he, when he sees all over the place, he just goes like, ah, fuck it. So I, I disagree. I think what Jim Ross is doing is way more impressive. Uh, uh, being a dead man that still sounds like he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> he stole the Undertaker's gimmick and he's doing it well. Um, <laughs> but the nice thing is McAfee has enough clout and money that he doesn't need to be part of the Conrad train. So even his daily podcast is entertaining and there's something kind of, there's some good. I mean, I'm not just saying this because we're part of the network, but like, the fucking Jared show is pretty good. I listened to that. Like, he's got still got some great ones. I haven't. I've never listened to the Jared show. I, really? I listen. Really? I listen to Bruce's. I'll listen to Jr's just out of like <laughs> habit, and I listen to Arn's because Arn's voice right is so now. soothing. You know, Bruce's uh, Bruce's is a little tainted just because he's working for the company. But that's part of the fun of it. it is yeah. just listening to him try to. Do what I do, but getting paid on a much better scale to do a podcast on this network. Um, and Jim Ross getting angry about everything is the best. Like they'll add, like it's a it's a retro show. You're talking about old pay per views. You're talking about wrestlers from the past, and then people ask questions, and he'll get angry. Like, oh, I heard for Backlash O two, you guys are gonna do this. Like, how do you think I'm gonna remember something that happened 20 years ago? You know. Roger, who asked this question, like, I have a fucking life. How dare you? Like, that's this fucking show you signed up for, dude. It, it's he's not on trial. Um, anyway, the main event, the uh, uh, Robert, uh, if you didn't notice, Robert did not enjoy working with Jim Ross. Uh, Jim, actually, he was he was easier than Cole. I'll give him that. Uh, Honey, all- I gotta say, being asked about Spock Dudley makes me feel like I'm in Nuremberg. I know Cole shitting on creative must be really funny. Cole just shits on like life. Like he, I feel like he just wakes up every morning, his eyes open. He's like, fuck. Um, the time I saw Michael Cole in the wild is uh, David. It was after, I think SummerSlam, the one where uh, Roman beat Brock. Um, we went to this bar. Narrow it down. <laughs> David, me and David Shoemaker, AKA the masked man went to this bar and, uh, you know, it was it was fun. There's a lot of wrestlers there. Like like Bray Wyatt walks in when Braun's there, and he goes, "There can only be one top guy at this bar." And then they looked at each other, laughed, and hugged, which was like an awesome thing to watch. But Michael Cole comes in in a tracksuit, like a rock the rock tracksuit. He literally goes to the bar, takes a shot, goes into the bathroom, pisses, takes another shot, and then waves goodbye to everybody. <laughs> Which is about the best you're going to get out of Michael Cole. Uh, that's the best sort of interaction. Um, I've drank with him for longer periods of time, and it just gets dark in a hurry. Um, anyway. Yeah, I guess he uh, he, oh, yeah. No, he, he, can, he can put him away. 
uh, <laughs> I, 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 I do appreciate that. Um, we're talking about Ryback, right? Like, we're going to talk about that well, too. Are we done with SmackDown? Don't get ahead oh, no, I was, I was, I'm just trying to finish the damn show. Yeah, in the main event, the Usos retain uh, over Riddle and Nakamura because they stole my finish that I predicted for Hell in a Cell, which was playing music to distract the guy. Uh, and then that's what they did here. Sammy was great. Uh, Riddle was great. Ryback infinitely better than everyone on planet yes, earth the real main event the main event of this podcast right backs back all right right back <laughs> has, uh, has what has tweeted right uh, back <laughs> and more problematic than ever <laughs> right back. uh um, which i'm gonna right back of course had something to say about cm punk getting injured he wrote karma's a bitch um then proceeded to block half of Twitter um, who came after him. Like everyone's been blocked, but I will say this wonderful tweet from at F F Haram may or something like that. I don't know. F har. That's what it is on Twitter. Uh, he, he tweeted back to Ryback, learn to forgive, breathe, channel your emotions into an RB sandwich as you fire up your YouTube channel. This <laughs> is fucking great, man. Um, yeah, man, Ryback is uh, just the gift that keeps on giving. The most miserable man in professional wrestling, which is, man, that is a moniker. But you know, somebody had to take it after Dynamite Kid died. So, but let, let's uh, let's let's yeah. let's talk about how karma would work here. So, if you talk badly about someone on a podcast in 2014, you then in 2022 will come back to a different company, be their top star be champion and then like if he if he tweeted that during the Mickey Gall fight okay but let it go no, <laughs> by the way karma here would have been punk being hurt going to the back and then giving him a z pack that's fucking karma and this is just being happy that somebody got hurt who criticized you before for hurting him <laughs> Well, isn't this just, yeah, it's not the right use of karma because if it was no. karma, then it would be punk hurting somebody else or punk being reckless, right? Yeah. Like that's because that's what Ryback did. Carmack's a bitch. Karma's a bitch, which is funny. Karnak karma, was a Carson bitch. <laughs> karma, then it, it does and like. Karma it, was Kia Stevens, who's very nice. She's uh, awesome. She's awesome, yeah. man. I mean, that um, sucks that she got injured, but, you know, like, what in what would have been a really great run in AEW. They needed her, man. In the beginning of AEW, yeah. if they had put the championship on her for the first year, we would not have made fun of their fucking women's division as much. But she's too injured, and she's got a better job, which is acting. And she's great at it. If you haven't seen her in GLOW... She was great it in is GLOW. The, I think it's better than Batista and Drax. That's how good of a performance this is. Um, I don't know. It's close. Those are the two best wrestling performances, so... Um, but yeah, Ryback is, uh, you know, cashing in on whatever the fuck is happening. Cena um, as Peacemaker is up there too. Yeah, you're right. I would say he's, yeah, yeah, I would definitely put that up there. That was great. That was great. By the way, I just watched, uh, if we want to turn this into a TV roundup, just watched HBO's We Own This City. Fucking awesome. First three episodes of The Boys. Fucking awesome. There's a lot of great TV on right now. Uh, actually, to, uh, HBO Two today is is airing a, a marathon of season one of The Wire to promote the the I guess the finale coming up for the We Own the City. Oh, it's already done, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they're they were running it today. Wire, to, yeah. 
Holy shit, is that show good? Oh, um, that is crazy, dude. Um, all right. Well, anything else to add to the big guy here? Uh, the, the big guy is you, Dan's going to be watching NXT uh, oh, Takeover okay. in your house tonight. So pray for Dan. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be uh, at the Syracuse Funny. Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be probably either Sunday or Monday. We started talking like JR. I'm going to be yeah. at the Syracuse oh. Funny Bone next <laughs> to the did. Dave. And Buster's. Buster we, is confirmed. Dave has not <laughs> been confirmed yet. Yeah, man. D- Dave is a, I mean, Dave's a blue, blue ribbon, blue ribbon wrestler. Um, I, I would, I would, I would say we have like a lot of fun shows coming up though. Like I will be on something sports, $10 tier. You could say we'll that. Be, uh, we'll be reviewing <laughs> NXT in your house, which now I'm looking at it to get more people over the $10 tier. Maybe reviewing an NXT show wasn't the way to go. Um, but if you're in our $5 tier, you can hear our Hell in a Cell review. It'll be released sometimes Monday. Robert and I, and I think Scott's going to try to join. They're going to watch Hell in a Cell and review it. Uh, Mike, you're also welcome to join, but uh, it is not mandatory. Woo! We're, we're going to be impressing Paul Heyman this week on the normal show. And Robert's going to be reviewing Raw. So just so much fucking wrestling coming up for you <laughs> there was the enthusiasm we wanted <laughs> so, so much I fucking mean, wrestling. Just, like you know i gotta watch uh three hours of i mean the the match tonight the main event is is braun breaker versus joe gacy which is just like oh man this is brutal yep have you know, fun a lot, of, a lot of people don't like the joe gacy ca- I, I i feel bad because i think he is a decent promo it's just the character like it is neither fish nor foul as far as what is it tr- what is it trying to do is he spooky or is he you know um you know the typical like the the woke liberal sort of character but like they don't like fucking pick a lane and he got rid of harlan who i thought was good with Am I the only one who has opinions on NXT? I just realized. I, yeah. I realized I'm just talking into this, the silence of outer space right now. Don't steal no. my fucking gimmick. <laughs> uh, no, uh, yeah. Harlem was, he had a good look. They put him in a weird position. He wasn't improving. And they're like, life is short. We're going to cut him. Uh, Gacy, they'll see what they can get out of him. I mean, it's not like that guy is going to do much on the main roster because he's uh, Vince McMahon style fat. And Vince won't uh, yeah, Vince get, get behind him. that unless well, he'll get behind him is, as a manager, but he won't get behind him. Yeah, a, they'll put him. They'll put him with like the Creed brothers or something like that. Yeah, it's a little rough. But uh, all right, all right. Well, that's the all show. Right, guys. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye.